You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the off-season version <laughs> of the Hump Day Hotline. It's Hump Day, Jay Spence. How hump are you? Day? It's, it's been Wednesday. Long, it's been a long time. Like we haven't we haven't talked in forever. Yeah. It feels it's like been it's, forever, man. It feels like it's been a week. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like we're still in a season. I think we are. I think we are absolutely still in the season. It's good to have everybody with us. Welcome, uh, everybody, into the Hump Day Hotline. Brought to you by the Market Dominator. I think our contract obligation is up because it's February and it's after the season. So I don't know if we're still supposed to do a read or not. But we'll just throw some love to our guy, John Spaz, checking the Market Dominator. If you're looking to buy a home, call John. If you're looking to sell a home, call John, 716-570-3298. Uh, so brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast and uh, podcast network, multicast network. My name is Joe Miller. That's Jay Spence. And we're here to talk about hot topics. There's a lot of stuff that we probably did not last year. The season ended and it just kind of ended. They just year, ripped it off. <laughs> this year, the season ended and everything exploded. Like everything freaking blew up. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm good, man. It's um, it's, it's been a heck of a week so far, and it's only it's only Wednesday. We still got half the week left. Right, exactly. And you're having some technical difficulties. Normally, it's been me having the te technical difficulties, but now you're having the technical difficulties. So uh, shake that off. I know you're trying to get your, your computer to actually work, but uh, we can hear you fine. We can see you. We can see your beautiful face. Well, but, I, I uh, think uh, my computer was already in off-season mode, and it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be going live right now. So, yeah. Exactly. So um, and you're working to get that thing re rebooted, correct? Is that what you told me? You're gonna, and then you're going to flip over at some point? So before we get into the topics of the day, let's just say welcome to everybody. Um, so Mark Johnson, it's good to see you. Uh, Dave Buffalo OPR. I don't think I've seen that name before. So welcome to you. Jessica Tennis is in the room. What's up, Jessica? Daniel yeah, Garis yeah, yeah. What up? is in the room. Stephanie Poirier is in the room. It's good hey, to see you. Seth. The Spud is in the room. Jeff King. What's up, Jeff King? Uh, he says, Flores, good on you. Take him to task. And I'm right there with you, Jeff. I'm uh, praying heavily for uh, for our guy, Brian. It's funny because I was not a Brian Flores. I don't want to say fan. I was. I mean, I didn't necessarily care about Brian Flores per se. Are you doing those or am I doing those? Excellently? I was trying to hide it. I didn't mean to. Sorry, yes. I'm not. I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> I'll just I'll just drive temporarily. Um, so you know, be just Miami Dolphins, New England guy goes to Miami. Like I, I got no love for you, but I'm on his side at this point. You know what I mean? Like I'm my ball, my ball is in his court. So I'm, yeah. So yeah. So my my prayers are with him. Steve Lynn is with us in the room. Uh, Peyton plays. Uh, Carmen's with us in the room. Richard Rush is in the room. So 
Brian Bowers at least was here. I don't know, Brian, are you still here? Because uh, we got started a little bit late. No big deal. But it's good to have everybody with us on this Bills postseason, not NFL postseason version of the Hump Day Hotline, where we're going to be talking about topics of the day. And we're just going to start right there. So the NFL and uh, is being and three teams are being sued by Brian Flores for racial discrimination in hiring, amongst other things. The NFL has released a statement that the suit is, quote unquote, without merit. And it has been before you respond to Jay Spence. Uh, it has been. Oh, this is not what I'm looking at. What is going on on my phone right now? There we go. Uh, it was uh, which we call it. A tweet was released by Chris Mortensen about two hours ago. The NFL will investigate the specific allegations that Brian Flores has made concerning the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, offering him $100,000 per loss incentives in 2019 to gain a better draft position. A league, a league source said the other potential rule violations also will be investigated. The problem with that is it says nothing about kind of the crux of the entire thing, which is racial discrimination. So they're going to like look all of it's without merit 35 seconds after this thing drops. Right. So this, this thing drops 35 seconds later, this thing is without merit. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, we're going to investigate the, uh, the hundred thousand dollar per loss thing. Right. But we're not apparently going to talk about, Oh, this is better. The, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the other stuff. So I'm going to let you go. So I know you, I know you did a spaces thing last night. So where are you at on this whole thing? Um, well, I mean, just for starters, it's, it's like you weren't surprised, were you? By that they said it's I mean, without merit. Well, okay, we could go there. We could say uh, we could we could start there first. Were you surprised by by the NFL's comments? Yes, um, I didn't think that they would. I I had expected. So it was funny. Because I tweeted immediately that there's a gag. I saw somebody else say, t- tweeted at me that there's like somebody came out and said that there's absolutely the NFL absolutely puts gag orders on people employed by them, which would include everybody at NFL Network. And I said, there's no way. I think I said, I bet five, I got five bucks says that Good Morning Football doesn't even talk about this tomorrow. So I'm at the gym at 6 50 a.m. and the NFL Network on Spectrum was offline. It was literally, it says, like, service interruption, not working. And I was like, they took the network down? It's that bad? <laughs> I thought I thought there was a broadcast. I didn't, I didn't watch because I was actually, I was watching this morning. I watched, I think, four different, three different Brian Flores interviews. He was on uh, right, CBS, was CBS morning, ESPN. On ESPN and, you know, so I've got to, I watched him a couple of times. Yeah, huge coverage, right? And then yeah. NFL Network did come back at like 7.05 on spectrum i have direct tv so i didn't even check it when i left the house they did a blurb from what i saw just a real quick blurb and oh by the way after after you know they completely ignored the dj williams thing after like all the other stuff that they so i was surprised that yes that they said it's without merit i thought that they would keep it quiet and they would respond when it was legally appropriate to respond we have started an investigation into these allegations you know what i mean yada 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 but i mean to come out that quick and be like this whole thing's without merit that, that that to me was surprising surprising yeah the, the i guess um it was surprising that they did that because for me oh i didn't mean to take her uh comment down um it was surprising that they did that because of what they said in the actual comment like we've been dedicated to social justice and social equality and making yeah, sure yeah, people yeah. get these opportunities and then you turn around and it's like 
things are without merit when <laughs> you have several coaches and and people who used to coach that can come out publicly, which we've seen today. I think yeah. we've seen uh, Marvin Lewis come out and say the same thing. Hugh yeah. Jackson. Sometimes people don't really take Hugh Jackson seriously. And um, for reasons, I, I get why. But the thing is, it's still like you have these coaches who have legitimate resumes that come out and say the same thing. Steph says, I'm not surprised. The NFL has shown her hypocrisy throughout the years. The fact that the Rooney rule exists made me not surprised with the statement. Yeah. I'm tired of the Rooney rule. If I'm honest, like I, I think that, I think the rule itself should be scrapped. And I said this last night in yeah. the spaces. I, I just, I think it's at this point, I, I think the, um the intentions behind it were pure, but I think what's come out of it is counterproductive. I think it almost makes things worse. I think what it does is it degrades people um as human beings which is what brian flores said on cbs he said you know he just said that you know i felt it just just i mean not worthless but i I just you know i i don't know that i don't know that it helps i mean the the thing about the nfl from top to bottom is it's it's a merit-based system the better you are the better you play the smarter you are the better you're uh, the, the better coach you are now i know that it was different whatever 40 years ago 50 years ago um I want it to be better now. I just don't know that the Rooney rule is the way to get there. Right. right. So it, it, Brian Flores is a heck of a coach as much as I don't care for, didn't care for him as the Miami Dolphins head coach. It's hard to argue with what he did with that football team. And now we find out which there needs to be other discussion. And I don't know, I don't know where I land on it as per the Dolphins. Now we find out that they were paying, trying to pay him to lose of which he would not do. So if I'm a Bills fan, which I am, a member of Bills Mafia, and it comes out that like the owner is trying to pay the head coach to lose football games, I started to tweet about it. Like if the Bills ever did that, I'd probably I'd probably be done. And then I'm thinking to myself, but it was tank for two a season, so I right. I, I, so the first part of that, how comical is it that you're tanking for Tua? First, that's <laughs> sorry, I still got to take my shots at the Miami Dolphins, but <laughs> but you're right. Like it's it's embarrassing for this stuff to come out. And um, the the one thing that I will say that I haven't said in spaces and I haven't said publicly, like on Twitter or anything like that, I am I'm very proud of mm. of the man that Brian Flores is. Yes, you know, agreed, it, agreed. It, it takes. It, I mean. It takes some balls to do what he did. You know, um, I I mentioned earlier, like, you know, in the banking world that I'm in, um, there's been times, for instance, when I was in Buffalo, not M&T, but there was another bank that I worked at prior to M&T for a few years. And I was the only black branch manager, like the only black branch manager. I would never because of my career goals and aspirations, I would have never um, like stood up in that way, the way that he is today, where sure. it's, it's absolutely going to destroy his career. Now, I may have done it if I had plans, you know, I may have done it if <laughs> I already picked up another job or whatever. But the radio but station was about to take it. off. The radio station was funded yeah. and about to take off. <laughs> but but I mean, to just go in and, and just drop a bomb and you not know what was going to happen tomorrow. He, he's up for two head coaching jobs right now. Like he's up still for the Texans job and I believe the New Orleans Saints job. And yeah. I mean, last person we saw try to fight the NFL on this level, Colin Kaepernick hasn't seen an NFL field unless he was just in attendance for a game to watch. He saw, so he, saw he saw a gigantic check from the NFL. Um, and I know that that's not Brian Flores' end goal. That he want, I mean, he loves this right. game. He's worked for, obviously, a bunch of years to do 
what he's doing and he I mean, he he put that statement out that he's put himself at risk and he understands it but this is bigger than him it's bigger than his family it's bigger than everything else you know it's it's he's trying to do something that's going to impact the future of a lot of people i just i want it to be better back to the original question what we were originally talking about i just don't know how the, the rooney rule i don't know how it helps I don't know. It just it just seems like as much as I don't somebody in here said that it's a good old boy network and it might be it just seems like people you're in corporate America and people talk. This dude is really sharp. This guy is this girl is really smart. This person is a whiz with this. Blah 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 blah. So a lot of times, I mean even me as as a hiring manager, you know, a lot of times before I'm about to let somebody go or we're about to transition somebody out we kind of have an idea of who we want to put in that position generally, not always. Sometimes it's like, we got nobody, but generally like we have somebody kind of an idea because of their performance, what we've seen them do or what other people have said type of a situation. We just hired, we just hired a woman for the company that I own. We stole her away from a competitor because we knew her acumen. We knew what she could do. She knew all of our systems. So like we were opening this position we had already, we didn't, we're not required to interview anybody, but we knew who we went. We targeted a person and we went after her and we got her, we landed her. Um, and it's been amazing. Two weeks, she hit the ground running. She was here one day, bang, and, and was like running stuff, which is what you want. Mm-hmm. All that to say this, I don't know that a world exists. I want it to where if the Giants have decided on Brian Dable, which there's more to that story because apparently he Brian Flores was told the day that Joe Judge was fired, you're the guy. We want you. But somehow they landed at Brian Dable, probably because of Joe Shane. But if they've decided that Brian Dable is the guy before the interviews have even happened, I don't know that there's really a window for anybody else. White, black, brown, yellow, indifferent. My mom's in the room. Red, pick a a color to like blow somebody away. I just don't know that. I don't know that the Rooney rule is the answer. Outside of just giving almost patronized interviews right giving them an opportunity to be in the room and it probably helps them just in practice i don't know I, it's not it's not a great you're you said it, it does, that's not the answer it's not the rooney rule is not the answer there's got to be a better way there's got to be a different way well i think the rooney rule i think i think it can be tweaked i, I think because like i mentioned i think the intentions behind the rule are good you know like the the intention was no we have to make it necessary for for people you know of and really and and i want to i do want to clarify i know that that obviously because of brian flores talking about this he's black so it's a it's a black and white thing it seems like but but it's it's a minority thing it's not just about black people and then also i want to throw in women now because women have started to get jobs in the nfl you got women coaches you know so 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 Right now, I get that again. It's Brian Flores, so it's a black and white thing. But I wanna, I wanna broaden this the spectrum for everybody and and let everybody understand this yeah, is yeah. bigger than that than just black and white. This is yes. this is about just equality across the board. So and the, one of the, and things the Rooney that, Rule doesn't 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 speak to women. It only speaks no, to, right, which is crazy. It, so, it doesn't. I mean, but I yeah. think that's what Brian Flores at this point. Um, a yes, he's a black man, so he wants equality mm-hmm. for black men. Yeah, but yeah. I also think it's it's just about like really just giving fair chances to everybody across the board. And so one of the, the things that was actually in the lawsuit that I I actually admire and I think would work is, A, um, how about 
when when there is a hire made it doesn't have to be public to you know it ha doesn't have to be given to the public as far as media and all that stuff but i feel like to the league office there should be some type of explanation as to why a specific candidate wasn't chosen and why a candidate was chosen and that yeah, yeah. good or bad whether it's a, a black man hired and, and a, a white guy didn't get hired or vice versa if if i got hired and you didn't you should know well damn what did i not do yeah a, sure. so i can improve for my next interview or b just yeah. so i know I, um, so have I, you ever I, done I that? I've, I've done that. I've responded yeah. when I haven't gotten a job after a couple of interviews or whatever. I've responded with, can you please tell me, you know, what I could have been done better or what it was that didn't work so that I can improve on my end for the next time or the next interview that I have. So, yes, I've, I'm sure you've done that, too. Right. And when that happens, I feel like um, it, it brings a new level of accountability, because if you have to list specific and not check boxes, but you have to actually give reasons as to why you feel like this coach's scheme or this coach's character yeah. um, will make a difference for your organization the correct way. The other thing that I think, um, and, and it's not something that was in the lawsuit, but it's something that I think will work right now. I, I think it's weird that teams are incentivized to lose a person of color you know like so if leslie frazier got hired we would get what two third round draft picks or an extra third round draft pick yeah, yeah i think it should be um incentivized for the team hiring you get what i'm saying like so for instance if the buffalo bills right now were to be like you know what we want to hire uh brian flores to be our assistant our assistant head coach and I, I already know leslie frazier has that role i'm speaking hypothetically here but if that was the case buffalo should be awarded it doesn't have to be as high as a third pick or it yeah. doesn't even have to be a pick, but there needs to be some type of incentive uh, to push for it. And, and maybe, maybe that's not the solution. I'm just kind of like spitballing ideas because the thing is the way the Rooney rule as constructed is not working. It's not effective. The couple, couple things. And I want to, so, so I'm going to start. So here, so Jeff King, uh, friend of the show, obviously here's my question with Flores. Uh, the man took a team to NFL, from a team in NFL purgatory and turn them around, then gets fired. And the fact that Rooney, the Rooney rule exists, it's a blithe, is a blithe and does nothing for race relations for the NFL. It's true. I want to hit Steph's comment in a second. To your point, Richard Rush says, the problem is no people of color were being interviewed hardly at all before the Rooney rule. This part is true. So when the Rooney rule was put in place, people of color were not, minorities were not getting interviewed at all. I think that, I think some of that has been corrected. I think that do those doors have opened a little. The problem Can is 70 percent of the players are are black. Well, so it, it would kind of make sense. That, Go ahead. There were more coaches, but I can't agree as far as saying there were more interviews. Now every team has an interview too. The, the the thing is the before they just weren't interviewing them because they knew they weren't going to hire them. Right. Now they're interviewing them knowing they're not going to hire them just just for the hell of it. And that's so this, I, I feel like and that's, that's the part. And that's this one with Steph. So I do want so this is going to sound like I'm making an excuse for the Bills. I am not. So we have to understand position. So this goes back to what I said. If you know already, you've targeted the guy. We want pick up pick up. We want Sean Payton. We want Jim Harbaugh. Like isn't he supposed to be going to the Vikings or he's going to Miami? No, he like, actually we, declined. He's going back to Michigan. It, did that happen? I didn't even see that. Okay. Like I was told he was telling people goodbye yesterday. Regard so we'll just use it as an example. We've set our target on Harbaugh. That's the guy we want. So formality, we're going to bring in these people, right? And we're not, you know, the Denver Broncos Bronco John Elway and his cronies going to show up drunk to the interview, which is part of the lawsuit. The Buffalo Bills, and this is going to sound like I'm, a, I'm making an excuse. I'm not. Their situation was a little bit different. So 
Dorsey, there's two parts, and we're going to talk about one of them later. There's two parts. Dorsey was getting interest from the report now was like 10 to 12 teams were very interested in Ken Dorsey being their offensive coordinator. So that lull, that delay that we were feeling was twofold. Number one, he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do. And number two, the tension piece was real. There's a, there, I mean, it's it's actually in that lawsuit. It's stated in that lawsuit that Dable was of the opinion, I'm not coming back. He called Brian Ford. I don't know how much merit I give to that, though. Because I, I, I know we're me and you talked about it off air, and I thought about it. Let's we can get into it later. But yeah, I mean, like I, I we're thought gonna about find, it. We're gonna know. we're gonna find out. I mean, but I mean to to tell Brian to tell to tell Brian Flores, hey, if you get the Giants' job, I'm probably interested in being your offensive coordinator because I want to get out of Buffalo. So this is all I would say about Steph, Steph's point, which is the Bills Mafia has been going on about it's not the Rooney Rule. When the day before Dorsey was made head uh, offensive coordinator, they were interviewing two black dudes for offensive coordinator. The Bills were very much in a we don't know where we're gonna land. We might lose Dorsey. So I, I I want to believe, and I could, and you might be able to correct me. I want to believe that there was merit to those interviews. Like we are looking for T. Martin, clearly is sought after. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot there's a lot there. Do you well, I was vocal that? about it. I yeah. was vocal about it um, because I do believe that that T. Martin is a legitimate option for uh an offensive coordinator for a quarterback's coach for whatever position that that yeah. is available i think that yeah. he's a real option and and it's tough it's tough because the day that i posted that prior to us naming ken dorsey the offensive coordinator like you said there were reports that he was considering the giants there were 10 other teams other than the giants that were looking at big, maybe big market him teams in. Big money, and, and there were money. It was money involved. So yeah. I don't know what the bills paid him yet. We'll find that out. <laughs> Maybe but the we bills won't. ponied up. <laughs> well, I'm sure it, it becomes public knowledge. I, I feel at some point, but mm. you know, it it was one of those things where we wanted to. We groomed him for this position for the last however many years. Yeah, it, yep. it was almost foreseen. Like, okay, as soon as Brian Dayball gets a job, Ken Dorsey is our guy. Right. But like I said, the 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 thing that actually did kind of rub me the wrong way is that. They made the announcement that they were going to interview two guys before. Like, I mean, it, it, it seemed like they made the announcement and then like, all right, boom, we, we're hiring Ken Dorsey. And so the the part that the part that gets me with it is, yeah, we, we groomed Ken Dorsey for, for the position. He deserves the position. This has nothing to do with um, trying to discredit or diminish Ken Dorsey's role now. I love right. the fact that he's our offensive coordinator. Right. However, now looking at it in outside of of those emotions on Monday, and you're looking at the whole thing, I I, I gotta admit it does just look like a fulfillment. It, it just it does just look like okay, let's let's get these two quick ones out the way, and then we'll, we'll pop this announcement out tomorrow. I don't I, I can't say uh, because I was serious about it Monday. I was like, no, I trust Sean McDermott, and this is the thing: the character of the coach that I feel like, and I don't know him personally like the players, but yeah, the character yeah. of the guy that I feel like I know, I don't think that he's closed-minded. I don't think that he's, no. um, you know, part of the good old boys club that is like, oh, all right, let me hire this old white dude that knows how to wrestle. I don't think that that's Sean McDermott. I think Sean McDermott is, look, this guy is good. Let's bring him in. Let's see what he got. If he's good and he blows my mind, let's get it done. Yeah. I just really think that Ken Dorsey is, is the guy this year, but it did. Honestly, it, it, I took a step back after we made the announcement because it's just like, wow, um, did they even really give these guys an interview? Right, right. You know, so so that's the part that kind of it did it did get 
take me back for a moment there. But like I said, at the same time, we've known for for I think I would say at least the last two years that if Brian Dayball was to get in a head coaching position elsewhere, that Ken Dorsey was probably going to be the offensive coordinator. And, yeah. and just to clarify also, and then I'll, I'll kind of fall back on it. The post that I, I made Monday, I was not, and I just want to clarify it. I was not pounding the table saying that we should, or that he was a favorite like T Martin. When I said, yeah. don't yeah. be surprised if he's yeah. the bills offensive coordinator, I was saying it the same way. I just said it. I believe that Sean McDermott really would give this guy a fair interview. And if this guy blew his socks off, hey, he's our next offensive coordinator. Agreed. It didn't happen that way. But that's what I truly that's what I truly want to believe about our organization. Yeah. I think that the owner is married to somebody who is not white. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that, what's you know that, that's always fun when they talk about the Buffalo Bills. Like when you see people on Twitter talk about the Bills being a racist organization. It's like uh the owner is an Asian woman. <laughs> so, so again, and then and then even you take it a step further than that. And not that the owners do what their kids do, but I mean Kelly was dating um Kroom, which player? Uh, uh Kroom. Yeah. Not Joe Kroom, Jason. the other crew. The, yeah, the, <laughs> the other crew. So <laughs> Kelly was dating Jason for I don't know if they Jason. still are or not, but yeah, I mean Jason like Kroom. it was like so it's clear to me that they're not racist. Right, correct. Um, and, and then again, same thing with Sean McDermott. I've just seen too many things. I've I've um been around too too long now to where I've seen him interact in certain ways that as a black dude, I, I don't know how to explain. I feel like the people that's black in the comments will get it, but there's just a certain vibe that you get when you know, like, yo, this dude's racist. So I'm not even going to really open it. Like you right. can, it's a certain vibe that you get. Right. I don't get that from the Pagulas. I don't get that from Sean McDermott. Now they could be fooling me. Dead right. ass. They could be fooling me. I don't know. I think, so I, I think it has to be fair first and i think the only way that it can be fair and I'm, and I'm before i say what i'm going to say i just want to put it out there that if i say something incorrectly so it's dangerous not dangerous it's it's hard for me to talk about it because if i say the wrong thing then it comes across wrong then it becomes a blurb i want everybody in the chat to know you guys already know that jay spence and i are besties we're best friends a part that you don't know is whenever i have a question or if i feel like i'm seeing something wrong or feeling something wrong i call him and i'm like and i say as a white man am i wrong in this like am i help me out like help me see where and you do and you're like you're wrong in this or you're like no no you're kind of right in this so when i say so that all that to say this um i think it's got to be fair because when the bills hired rex they targeted rex right right they, they that was their guy and the same thing's true on the other side speaking of the Roonies of mike tomlin with the steelers when they hired tomlin they targeted tomlin that's the guy they wanted I don't know how you get teams past that point. I, I, I want, I want to believe we're just better and we can be better. I, I want to believe that we're it's 2022. We've come so far. It's not 1950 or 1920. I, I want, I want to be altruistic about all of this stuff. I know that it's not, I know that there's still old white dudes, right. That grew up in systemic racism. I just I want I want to believe it's better. I and I know and that's the hard part for me is but I don't know I don't know how you make it fair. I don't know how you how well, do you tell a team they can't target a guy? Like we know Well, here's the here's I the just, problem. It, it's yeah. not so what you're saying is 100% correct. Especially if you have an idea of where you want your team to go. Like if you just kind of know like no, that's the kind of guy I want and you right. just target him. The the problem is when so overwhelmingly Coaches in the league, coaches and coordinators in the league have either played professional football or coached at the college level, right? So 
overwhelmingly. It's it's right. like literally, I think it's like less than 7% that never played in college or the professional level. So when when you look at the numbers and you're telling me that the league is 70% black. Yep. And, and you're telling me that these guys retire. And then we see brilliant minds all the time go from the football field to television. There's a, there's a few of them that I listen to and I'm like, holy smokes, how is this guy not a coach somewhere? How is he not a, a, a coordinator somewhere? So the thing is. Speaking about, uh, speaking about people of color, black guys. So yeah. Like Nate yeah. Burleson, for instance. Nate Burleson. Now, he might not have aspirations to coach because he's a Correct. hell of a, like he's he's one of the best guys on TV. But but listen, it has to get to the point where um, we're targeting black guys. Right. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? Like, it has 100%. to be equal, especially like you can't tell me that. And it's the same conversation that that probably happened, what, 30 years ago that I wasn't around for because I was a kid. But uh, there wasn't many black quarterbacks. And at the time, right. they didn't think black quarterbacks had the mental capacity to lead teams and whatever. Yeah. It, it has to we have to we have to have these conversations and we have to prove people wrong. And if Mike Tomlin isn't somebody that that has proven um it wrong that black people know how to coach marvin lewis i know that he never won a super bowl but guess what that guy was in the playoffs every year yeah. uh there there are several there are several examples of of coaches who were black who succeeded and not just succeeded but like absolutely succeeded it, we, we have to get to the point where um we're not looking at the 28 percent and I'm yeah, not saying that agreed. as if like the coaching pool is only that, but I'm I'm throwing it that way. So for the understanding point, yeah, we yeah. have to get to a point where look, and, and I don't even need to see the coaches be 70 to 30 black. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying make it equal. One of the things that you mentioned about the bills organization, which is why I don't think that this was the case with Ken Dorsey when Sean McDermott was hired, they gave interviews. Yeah. It, like, was it wasn't it wasn't like, OK, Sean's our guy. We're going to hire him, but we got to do two Rooney rule. It wasn't it wasn't that mm -mm. they did interviews. They brought Sean back. They brought another guy back like they did yeah. interviews. Yeah. So. It was open. But the thing is, when you look around the league, you don't you don't you're not seeing that anymore. You're seeing, you know, a guy come. You're seeing a guy come in and then literally the same night or the next morning an announcement has been made for somebody that they interviewed a week and a half ago who they right. knew they were going to hire right that's the problem that we're seeing so I you agree. know at some point and we just gotta we gotta get past the black guys can't be quarterback yeah yeah it, it, steve lynn says actually and i don't i don't i, I don't want to doubt peter king because uh, clearly I, I i love peter king and i've trusted him for a long time he says actually tomlin was the second choice he blew away another he blew away the owner in the interview and got the job peter king talked about that today in nbc sports my understanding, and I could very well be wrong, I thought the story was that the the Roonies were always very they, – they're like the franchise with the least amount of head coaches ever because yeah. they always know who the successor is. So, And and it usually comes from whoever is in the seat. So when, when Bill Cowher left, he was pretty much saying, that's the dude. I could be wrong, but, you know. No, it, it, I, that's my understanding of it. But like yeah. I said, we, we both respect – uh, what Steve is saying here, if that's the case, then then we're with it. But yeah. from my understanding of it is same thing that kind of happened here with Ken Dorsey, that not necessarily he was groomed for, but they knew like this guy is the next guy. And, and right. they, he had the Rooney's blessing and, and it it just is what it, he's a great coach. I'll tell you that. He's, he's a Tomlin? Coach. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's never, he's never, had, never had a losing season. So segueing, and I don't know how much we need to talk about this, but Ken Dorsey has uh, been named the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, and they have also hired former Carolina Panther Joe Brady as their uh, quarterback coach. Now, Joe Brady, for 
I had to do some research because like Joe Brady got named and like con content creators that are better than me are like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I'm like, <laughs> why? The dude got fired in Carolina. Why is this the greatest thing since sliced bread? So I just did a little bit of research. So he was there. He was the he was the passing coordinator for Alabama when Joe Burrow was there. So that was what kind of got him that offensive coordinator role in Carolina. And there was just some issues in Carolina when Cam was there primarily this year that got him fired in the sense of from everything that I could glean uh, from for Joe Brady that they were it was just very almost kind of like what we saw from Dable this year second and nine they're running the football like second and 10 or second 11 they're running the football and he's just not setting up plays well and it just wasn't going good I don't know much more than that outside of he's probably at this point more equipped to be a quarterback like the quarterback coach versus an offensive coordinator a lot of people are excited about it what do you know about Joe Brady I'm super excited about it. Um, I was probably one of those coordinators that you were referring to, or net coordinators, content one of those content creator. creators yeah. you were referring to that was just like, oh, yeah, this is just, let's, let's right. do it. Right. So so the thing that I love about it, A, you you mentioned he got fired from Carolina. Cam isn't Cam anymore. And, right. and the arm that Cam has is like non-existent. So yeah, he was called the runs on second and four, 47 because right. Cam can't throw it for more than five yards. And, right. you know, so so that was that was the reason for it. And he was let go. But I'll tell you what, a quarterback's LSU, coach. LSU, not Alabama. Thank you. I was wrong about that. Chris Janke, the encyclopedia. <laughs> well, I figured when you said Burrow, I, I figured everybody would have. That's why I yeah, didn't even. My bad, my bad, directly. my bad. But um, but he he's he his offensive mind, if he would have the weapon, is something that Bills fans would want for Josh Allen. When I tell you the the fear that everybody had is like, oh, McDermott's going to make us be balanced again and we're going to run and we're going to run, 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 run. I promise you, you are not going to be upset about the way the offense looks with Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady tag teaming on this thing because Josh is going to air it out. This is the type of system where you're going to, I, to be honest with you, I think even if even if we don't cut Cole, say if, um, you know, obviously – we got our our number two guy with Davis now. Even like so, we got we got our receivers. I can promise you, they're going to target another one because with yeah, the type yeah. of offense that that these guys are going to bring, I promise you, they're going to be airing it out. You're gonna you're gonna see five. You're gonna you're gonna see it, and I'm excited about it, man. Like yeah. I'm super excited. I have a question. I'm going to backtrack a little bit back to the Rooney Rule stuff and back to, mm -hmm. um, just the lawsuit. So Spud says, Jay Spence, coaching is a good old boy network that's been in here a couple times in the chat. It's hard as uh, as hell to get into coaching, harder uh, to stay for a long time. The amount of coaches that are repurposed is mind-boggling, boggling rather, white or black. This is my question. I could be ignorant about this. This is just something that it seems like. It seems like the entry into coaching is different for white men than it is for black men. For white men, it's an internship out of college, or a family member, dad was a coach, uncle was a coach, right? Knew somebody, but it's a, it's a grind thing. Like where like McDermott came in that way, came in as a, as a young kid right out of college was the basically go get donuts, go get water, go get this, go get that. And then it builds from there. And it seems like the black coaches have more of a tendency of being former players, right? They come in as former players, I want so if we can break it apart, and I don't know that we can, to a belief or an understanding or a hope that things are different now than they were when the Rooney Rule was put in place, which means that there is merit there, and we do see and understand the potential in Eric, the Eric B. Enemies of the world, in the Brian Flores of the world. We see, you know, the Mike Tomlins of the world and stuff like that. 
is it more, could it be more of a relationship thing where McDermott was with Andy Reid forever? And so he just rose him through the ranks and then eventually fired him, right? But he went to Ron Rivera because on, if, if, I, if, I, understand the, 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 if I understand it correctly, he went there on basically Andy Reid's kind of recommendation. I got to fire this guy, but it's gonna, he's going to be good. I, I just I, I'm just trying to process I'm trying to process all this and I don't know that I'm processing it right but it seems like their entry points are different I guess that's what I'm that's what I'm getting to their entry points are different well it's different and um not to again I, I'm not playing and I don't want to play the victim card for black people at all mm-hmm. but it's it's more difficult because you mentioned Eric B enemy uh what what made Brian Dayball more attractive than Eric B enemy the only thing I can think the only thing is the play calling thing. And it seems like that's a goalpost being moved. But but Andy Reid has come out publicly several times and said that Eric Bieniemy caused the plays. Also, right. right. The the reports that come out, the reports right. that come out says that he interviews bad or it says that it has to do with his off-field issues previously from when he was a player. Now, yeah. this is this is this is the point that yeah. Yeah. bothers me when when we have these conversations. A if Sean McDermott comes out and says, Brian Dayball calls all of these calls, he's the offensive genius behind this thing and he's making it work. He's getting praise everywhere. Andy Reid does it for Eric Bieniemy. It's doubted. Yeah. It's very much doubted. Yeah. And then the, the off-field stuff that happened when he was a player. I mean, how old is this guy? And you're talking about when he was a player. So we don't forgive certain th- or we not. And I'm not now if he's if he's one of, if you're saying he's that bad, he shouldn't be an offensive coordinator. I don't even know what he did. If he did something that bad and you're saying that he shouldn't be a head coach, then right. he shouldn't be an offensive coordinator. There shouldn't be an opportunity on any level if he's that bad and he shouldn't get this opportunity. Probably. So what I'm saying is we've seen Eric Bieniemy do the same thing that Brian Dayball did for two years. Mm. Eric Bieniemy now has done it for what, five? Yeah, it's been five since Mahomes came in, right? Or was, it, was he so, there a year before Mahomes? I can't remember, but yeah. I believe it was when, when Mahomes came in, but but we've seen him do it longer at this point. Yeah. And you mean to tell and then have you ever seen Eric B? And I know you have because you and I have talked about it. We've watched mm-hmm. some. And have you seen this guy's pressers? Uh yeah. <laughs> you mean to tell me Eric B enemy <laughs> interviews poorly? No. Come on. No. Come. Brian Bauer says, I do want to challenge this one. That the reason why things aren't really different um is because the owners aren't different. Or basically they're the same owners. Is what I'm gleaning is what I think he's inferring. And I would say from 30, 35 years ago, the owners are by and large different. Whether they're now the children of the original owners, the Hunts, or the teams have been sold, a lot of those old originating owners are dead at this point. Like Bud Adams is dead. Like there's a lot of them. That Ralph Wilson is, is dead. Lamar Hunt is dead. They're all dead. Al Davis is dead. Like they're all, they're gone. So it's not really the same owners. So obviously, and and I would, I want to believe in a world where sons are better than fathers. Or, or can potentially be better than fathers just because dad was this way doesn't mean son is this way. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just too euphoric. I don't know what the word is, but yeah. Go ahead. My man D in the comments says, Urban Meyer had a laundry list of BS on his resume. So again, you mean to tell me Eric Bieniemy didn't deserve a chance over, come on, Leslie Frazier didn't it, deserve another chance it, it, over. To me, Urban. to me, Urban Meyer's different. Urban Meyer has a laundry list of national championships in college. And Nick Saban, if there's a guy that should never be allowed to, to coach in the NFL again, it's Nick Saban because of what he did to the, to the Dolphins leaving in the middle of a season. He's the only head coach to ever leave in the middle of a season. Season, As far as I can remember, I don't think it's ever happened. Not get fired, literally just be like, peace out, I'm done, and then head to college. I promise you, if he said, 
I want to go to the pros. Somebody's going to give him a job because of his resume in college. I agree, about, I agree with you about Saban. I do. But but no, I, I think D has a point here when, when we're talking about Urban Meyer. So again, you're right. He has championships and he has all this pedigree. Yeah, yeah. Right. Eric Bieniemy has Super Bowl. <laughs> he has yeah. a Super Bowl in his yeah. resume now as an yeah. offensive coordinator, league MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Like he was the coordinator for that. He was the orchestrator of this great offense, and he's a great offensive mind, and he's a leader of men. When you listen to this guy talk, he has all the – this guy, Urban Meyer, lost his locker room by week three. It, it probably didn't even take that long. <laughs> it was before he was kicking players? Like, what is going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like and, – and Bruce says you're thinking of Bobby Petrino, um, which – which could be no Saban left the Dolphins midseason. The the college season ended. Alabama fired their coach, and Saban went to Alabama. I think before the season was over. I could be okay. wrong. Well, it, it, Bruce is the, smarter than me. We'll just defer. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce is right. But the, but the point. But the point is like really like so so like and and I get I get why you say it's different because he had championship. But again, if we're talking about off field stuff, if the reason for Eric yeah, being yeah. me is off field issues, you can't. You can't hire a guy like that. And you just, you know, it, it gets it, and it gets to the point where um, these conversations are exhausting. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, they're they're very exhausting, especially I don't I can't speak for you. I can't speak for for any of my brother like Bruce. I, I'm grateful. Bruce jumped into spaces with me last night and he spoke so um, passionately about this this topic. I can't speak from a white man's perspective. Right. But from a black man's perspective, I can tell you that these conversations are exhausting, man, and they're not fun to have. We don't want to continue to have these conversations week after week, year after year. But but one of the things that it's just necessary. And until we no longer have to have the conversations, we have to have the conversations. Right. And it's just, man, it, it gets so frustrating when you see a guy like like they mentioned, like Urban Meyer, man. You know, and and really, it 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 also goes it also goes past that. It it goes past coaching. It goes to opportunities for players as well. Like, why was Tim Tebow given an opportunity to be a tight end in a freaking league? Uh, well, because of his relationship with once previously talked about uh, five seconds ago, Urban Meyer. <laughs> but again, it, it, do you see you see how ridiculous that sounds? It's ridiculous. Like, I think I think that was more of a he was trying to get a culture in the locker room. I could be wrong, but yeah. So hire him on as a coach. Put them, right. you know, which and we're having this whole right. conversation about coaches, but but have them on a staff. Don't give them a coach title, but have them on as a staff member, for uh, sure. you know, or, for sure. or some specialist or whatever. But but you put him on as a as a freaking that just we got a super chat. We got a super chat. Yeah, hit it. Let's I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm doing some history, some research on Nick Saban because I feel like I remember being like, dude, I can't believe that guy left. But yeah, go ahead, keep going. Trick says you get guys like Josh McDaniels who literally cheated, gets another head coach job. But Jim Caldwell gets fired after a winning season. I have a problem uh, you, with Josh McDaniels being a head coach in the NFL. I have a problem. Look at what happened down in Houston. David Caldwell, I'm not a David Caldwell fan, but but you go down there and you do what he did in Houston with the roster that he had this year, mm -hmm. and they let him go? Yeah, for sure. But Josh McDaniels, McDaniels, who we just heard on another podcast, a, a national podcast that we listened to a few weeks ago, say how he was cheating, and he got fired yeah. because of it. Yeah, we got to we got to be careful with some of that stuff because for every 
for every black head coach that gets one year, I think David Culley is a person of color, right? It, it, for the Texans. Yep. So is, who's is the fat dude for the Brown Kitchens, right? Kitchens got fired after one year. Uh, um, Chip Kelly got fired after one year, right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, a lot of, I mean, that one kind of goes Freddie Kitchens both. didn't do the same Freddie type Kitchens. of job. Co- correct. Kitchens didn't do the same type of job. I, I agree. I just, it's, the whole thing is just, yeah, it's it, it just, we need no, to I mean, it's, it's context. Context is important. When you're talking about, like, the, the Texan situation, this guy had a team that fought hard for him, and they hired him specifically to fire him. They knew yeah, yeah, that yeah. he was going to be a placeholder. Kitchens yeah. didn't perform. Like, he just didn't no. have his locker room. No. Baker no. was, you know how I feel about Baker, but the locker room wasn't <laughs> do with you him. Have a, do you and have so, a jersey? By the way, can you throw his jersey out for us? Man, actually, I took it out earlier to get garbage day tonight. <laughs> it's garbage day. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I would rather see Baker commercials than Pat Mahomes commercials. That's just me, though. So it just is what it is. We're going to move on from the uh, from this because we're do we are long in the tooth already. This has been a great conversation, and I love I love this is just this has just been fun. Let's move to actually. I don't want to talk about this one. Let's talk about this because I've got notes. The bills are report, reportedly $3 million under the cap coming into 2022. Who are some expected cap cuts and who potentially does not get signed? So I've got information for you. So as you're kind of thinking through that, restricted free agent, we talked about this last week, Ryan Bates, unrestricted free agents, Isaiah McKenzie. I only put the kind of the ones of note. So I'm going to give you a list of guys, and then I'm going to give you some information, and then we'll debrief. Isaiah McKenzie, Mitch Trubisky, Ike Bucker, Taiwan Jones. We talked last week about those guys, resigning McKenzie, resigning Taiwan, yada, yada. Jerry Hughes, uh, Levi Wallace, F.A. Obata, Harrison Phillips, Justin Zimmer. I think last week we landed on Levi and Harrison. I've got more information for you for that. Potential cuts or restructures. I'm just going to give you information. This is not Joe Miller saying cut that guy. Like, so do not get the wrong. So you in the comments don't get the wrong idea. I'm just giving you the information. Stefan Diggs. Don't call Right. <laughs> Stefan <laughs> Diggs. If the Bills cut him, they save $9 million. Mitch Morse, they save just under $8 million. Jordan Poyer, they save just under, or I think it's right around $7 million. Micah Hyde, $5 million. Cole Beasley, $6.5 million. Star, they save $4 million because of the two years left. Darrell Williams, they save $6.6 million. AJ Klein, $5 million. Feliciano, three and a half million dollars. I've done homework for this show. How does that make you feel, Spence? Cody Ford, (laughs) Cody Ford, 1.5. Now, as you process that information, Spot Track has only done potential at this at this point, they've only got uh potential raw or uh contracts out there for three of our players that are free agents. The three are Jerry Hughes, Levi Wallace, Harrison Phillips. Jerry Hughes. If he was to be signed, it'd be two years at $6.2 million, which seems like a bargain for a guy that plays with the motor he does. Harrison Phillips, rather, two years, $10.8 million total, so $5 million a year. That sounds like a bargain. That's a guy I'm bringing back. Levi Wallace, are you ready? Are you sitting down? Yes, you are. Three years, $28 million. I don't think Levi's coming back. That's just me. Yeah, I don't see him coming back. Yeah, I would have liked. I would have not. A, liked not, a, not. But the that thing number. is, when not when when Trey when Trey White goes down and then he performs the way he did, um, obviously the last game of the season we lost. So everybody's that's what everybody remembers. But if you if you remember from Thanksgiving, you know up until he 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 stepped up big time. He yeah, he yeah. earned whatever money he makes. Get, yeah. get the bag, Levi. Go get it. So 
with that conversation, before we break down and I kind of go through the names again, we probably need to realize that Stefan Diggs is probably going to get new money, right? So that yep. they'll probably get that. They'll capitalize on that $9 million. They'll get that back. Morris is a the guy they're going to restructure. you got to think they're going to restructure, probably draft a center this year, right? Jordan Poyer, who knows if there's a restructure coming for him or Micah Hyde. I don't think they're done. I think uh, what Hyde has done, I think, at the end of this season, this is his last year. And then Poyer's got, is it one more year or two more years after that? They're right about the same age. Yeah, Cole, if he wants to continue playing, is probably going to restructure. I would think if he wants, I can't imagine he wants to go someplace else. Maybe he does. Darrell Williams is a guy that I think they would restructure as well. Klein cut. Mongo's probably cut. Ford is probably gone, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, went, I'm, I, went, I'm, um, I went through that fast. Yeah, well, no, I'm with you. I'm also looking at the list. Um, for starters, Hyde and Poyer aren't going anyplace. So, no, for uh, we sure. Don't, we don't have any worries about that. I'm with you when you say uh, Diggs will probably get new money. They're going to extend him uh, and, and rework his contract. is going to happen. Uh, Ford is gone. Um, Levi's gone. Absolutely, Levi's gone. I think Klein is gone. I think we're going to cut Klein. I think so too. Medikavich is also in there, but I don't think Medikavich is going anywhere. So no. They... So so McDermott, he he actually values special teams. So yeah, I, I can't see um, I can't see Tyler or Taiwan being gone. Agreed. They're going to get re-signed now. What hasn't? What Sport Track has not done is they have not updated everybody yet. Now, obviously, the season isn't over, so I, my expectation is that they will update all those, and we can talk about them later. Um. I think my I think McKenzie's got to come back, and we can talk about your 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 kind of tweet conversation that you had with somebody earlier about you know who the Bills have in the hopper. You know, obviously Diggs is there, McKenzie is there, Gabe Davis is there, Gabriel Davis is there, Isaiah Hodgins, Kumaro is a free agent, and some of the guys which you weren't happy with necessarily. McKenzie Hodgins, Kumaro, and who was the fourth guy? Who was the fourth guy? Oh, Stevenson. You weren't necessarily okay with them versus the Bills drafting somebody somewhere between rounds, let's just call it two and four, because they're not going first round wide receiver. Yeah. And well, and shout out to Ryan uh, from Built in Buffalo. He was the one I was having a conversation with. So the thing is, and I understand as Bills fans, we love our squad. We love every member oh, of yeah. the team from, oh, yeah. from the practice squad all the way up to the starters. But yeah. uh, realistically, if you look at the Super Bowl champions, and this year might be a little different if, if Kansas, but no, actually, it's not going to be different. Both teams are stacked at wide receiver. Every year that, that from the last few champions, last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man, their their third receiver was Antonio Brown. Yeah. Like the league is a passing league. And yeah. and at this point, yeah, you got Stefan Diggs. Yeah, you got Gabriel Davis. But if if Cole, let's just hypothetically say Cole is cut, say he doesn't come back and say Isaiah McKenzie goes to get the bag somewhere because I think he deserves one. Yeah. So say both of those guys are gone. Are we really going to trust with all due respect to these guys? Because I love them. But do we really think Isaiah Hodges and Jake Kumaro are, are of the caliber to get us back? to where we felt like we should have been this year? Well, Kumaro, no. I think Hodgins is still a question mark. I'm still going to go back to people feeling like he impressed more than Gabriel Davis did, and we know what we've got in Gabriel Davis. Now, Gabriel has two years under his belt. I need to say this real quick. There were guys I did not mention. Saran Neal, obviously Vernon Butler. Whether they were guys that are role players or guys that I thought were gone, or like Vernon Butler's not coming back to this football team. And Saran Neal has a chance. I didn't I didn't list all of them. So, yes, you guys are correct in saying that there's guys I did not talk about. 
I kind of left them off the list on purpose as far as just for you and I to kind of talk through. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Peyton, uh, Peyton plays in, is in with a super chat. It is hard to win college championships if you can't get hired at that level. And a few opportunities opportunities exist at the high school level. I think the NFL reflects a broader problem and I can't fit it into 200 characters. So I think he's talking back to the race relations type situation. So appreciate the super chat, bro, uh, as always. So, you know, the bills are going to have, they're also going to be able to move money forward, right? Whether it's trade. I don't want you to, I want want your answer to that first before you move on. Go ahead. Uh, so, like the wide receiver thing, are we? Tra- and I know you mentioned you said Hodgins impre- and and I hear you. On we that. don't know. The thing is, he's a big question mark, huge question mark. So, with with that being the case, now obviously bring him back, have him have him be there for training camp, have him try yeah. it, everything. I'm not saying cut him and get rid of him, but when you're looking at this, do you really feel like after Diggs and Davis? With the wide receiver position, if we're mm. if we're losing out on Beasley, Sanders is probably retiring. I haven't heard anything else, but he's probably retiring. He's retiring. And then you're looking at Isaiah McKenzie going elsewhere to get a bag. So do you trust Stevenson? Uh touchdown Jesus and and Hodgins as your well three, think, four, and five to get us back to the uh, AFC championship. Uh, no, McK- McKenzie's a must. McKenzie's gotta come back. They've got to make whatever play they can make for McKenzie. So first of all. Cole Beasley is an interesting conversation because of everything that he's been through. I take him at his word when he says, I'm speaking out for his for his own beliefs because I have nothing to lose. We talked about this last week. If he never plays football again, he's set for life. It doesn't matter. So at this point, he feels like, much like Brian Flores, with the COVID stuff, as much as he got flamed hard and deserved it, he's like, I'm speaking up because I can. Brian Flores is in a position where he's he's saying, I'm speaking up because I can. Somebody has to, it's going to be me. Where I take, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where I take a little bit of concern with Beasley is he tweeted once he got back to, I'm guessing it was Texas. He said, you know, back in America, which it was a direct conversation or a direct, basically it was a charge at being in New York state, like living in New York state. Like when you're a Buffalo bill, you live in New York. So he feels like he's back in freedom in Texas. He might retire. He might walk away. Um, he's got one year left. He might restructure. He might the Bills might cut him and he might never play again, or he could go to another team. We'll see. Isaiah McKenzie's the important one to me. So so you've got to add Isaiah McKenzie into that mix. So I would push back on the love of the love affair, the love fest, the absolute pornography moments that were Jake Kumaro. Before the season started, every member of Bill's Mafia was convinced, except for me, probably, that Jake Kumaro was going to have 60 catches for five or 600 yards and like seven touchdowns as a Buffalo Bill. Dude, everybody was wetting themselves over Jake Kumaro. I remember, but it wasn't me. I didn't think he was going to make the roster. I felt like our wide receiver room was deep enough that he wasn't going to make the roster. Our bet was was Kumaro was going to make it over Hodgins, and you were right over Hodgins but yeah. I didn't think he was going like I didn't see him being like the like one of the guys I just yeah. I believe a little less in Hodgins than you do I'm sorry I know that's no, 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 that, that's that's fine I mean Kumaro made it because of his special teams ability I mean that's why he ended right. up making the roster so no I don't think that's good enough I mean there's you've got to you, and I, I don't know we didn't see anything from Stevens outside of the preseason so we don't know what right. he brings to the table and with fairness, I know you said you have to include McKenzie, but that's a lot on McKenzie. McKenzie has a decision to make. Does he want to stay in Buffalo? Does he want to go he somewhere does. else where he? His tweets and Instagram posts this week, I think, says he does. He was excited okay. about Dorsey being hired. 
or getting the promotion. No, I mean, but he he also has a relationship with Dorsey. So it, it could just be 100%. Like, now, I'm not speaking none of this into existence because, damn it, you can't go nowhere without me. But let's just say you get hired by NFL Network and you leave Buffalo Rumblings. I'm going to be happy as hell for you. Sure. You're leaving, though. You know, but I would no longer be working with you. But that don't mean I'm not going to celebrate uh, your, your come up. So yeah. all I'm saying is we we often, especially around free agency and especially around all these things, we read way too deep into everything. We read into tweets. We Agreed. read into posts. And Agreed. what I'm saying is whether he wants to be in Buffalo or not, there's still a business side to it. And if Buffalo is only going to say, well, yeah, let's give him, you know, three years for 12 million. Yeah. And he can go to whatever team that's looking for a, a speedy receiver, they might give him three for 18. Yeah, I think no. this is what excites me about the potential of having McKenzie, like making sure he stays in the fold, and, and having Hodgins with Gabriel Davis, which is size. Gabriel Davis presents a challenge. So you've got Stephon Diggs at 6'1", Gabriel Davis at 6'2", and then Hodgins is bigger than both of them. Now, his frame is tighter. He's not, he's not as girthy, if you will. He's not as dense or thick as Gabriel Davis is. But I love the makeup of you know, of that and having a guy that's six foot four, kind of in that David Nelson role playing the mm -hmm. slot inside in, in Isaiah Hodgins to me, not to mention if you begin to clear up some of these guys, when you're talking about Beasley, not being here, you know, McKenzie being the only kind of slot guy. I mean, you're now you're talking about maybe putting Stefan Diggs in that slot role. And we know what guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Stefan Diggs can do to defenses when they find that slot role and they've got the whole field to work with. I think there's pot, there's opportunity there. But yes, for sure. somebody else has to be added to this roster. The question is who? I, I want McKenzie back, you know, Me so too. I want to clarify. I want to make sure I say that on the record. Me too. Well, I think I think everybody knows that from my upgrade iMac post. But like, I, I absolutely want want him back. The thing is, Bill Belichick has a tendency um, after he gets beat up by receivers uh, or a player, he has a tendency on grabbing them, and they got a little bit of space. They got a little bit more than us right now that they can grab them this year. You're not wrong. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Now he doesn't have Josh throwing it to him out there, so it might not be the same deal. Right. But right. that type of offense that they run might be more conducive to his, to his talents. Right. Because they don't have the arm, so it might be a lot more of those jet sweeps, and it might be a lot more of that stuff. I would love to have him back, though, man. Like we we need we need Isaiah McKenzie back. So Isaiah, if you're listening to this. If somebody sends this to you or whatever, you hear the clip wherever you hear it, please come back to Buffalo, <laughs> please man. Come back. Come please back. come back to Buffalo. <laughs> like what's, yeah, the, what's, the, what's the the movie? Uh I can't remember the name of the movie, but uh oh Austin Powers, right? Come come yeah, come come to us. Um yeah, and, and I'm being corrected that Diggs is six foot, not six one. I don't know. I don't know that one inch makes that much of a difference, but yeah. So a bigger guy, he's not a smurf. Right. So, and that's what yeah. the, the Bills wide receivers were called by Sean McDermott, lovingly by Sean McDermott before Diggs even got here. So they're all Smurfs. And, and just one more thing before we move on from like this receiver or cut talk and all that stuff, I do want to say, like, I really hope that Isaiah Hodgins makes this roster and he's a big part of the team. I just, I just don't see it. I feel like now at this point, um, if he didn't, if he wasn't called up at any point during the he season, was. he was. Um, he no, he I mean, like, well, I mean, when I say caught up, I mean, if he wasn't caught up and like, he didn't stick, <laughs> it, it didn't happen. How do you, and, how do you, how do you get in a football game when the guys in front of you are named Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, like where Isaiah bro, McKenzie, nobody, like, where th stick? nobody <laughs> thought Gabriel Davis was going to do that the year before. 
Gabriel the, Davis showed he he showed up and he proved that he deserved to get. Isaiah Hodgins lost his entire rookie season. His entire he shut he, he was shut down his entire before the season even started. Dude. He was on IR. I understand that, but then you get back healthy. You got a second season. You come and you ball out and you prove that you deserve rest. He got hurt, he got hurt what, again. What, he got hurt again. The best ability is availability. We talk about it For all sure. the time. But now you're I talking just, about two I, different things. Now, you're not, but you just basically removed any talent he has because he's not necessarily. I'm not removing available. talent. I'm not you just removing said his talent. Best, best ability is availability, and if he's it not is. available, that his talent isn't isn't. We don't know what his talent is. Is is over. What, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you're if you're going to, if, okay, no. So rookie season, nobody thought Gabriel Davis was going to be what Gabriel Davis sure. has become. Agreed. We had Smoke. We had uh, Diggs. We had yep. Beasley. Yep. So everybody's like, well, if he if he's the fifth receiver behind McKenzie, man, like that's that's awesome for that's him. Good. This dude showed up and became the second wide receiver. Yeah, but what's funny what about, is your what, talent will make room for you. And at this point, yeah. it hasn't made room for him with yeah. Isaiah. Your gifts, that's not true. Your gifts will always make room for you. And before that happened, the talk of camp was Isaiah Hodgins, not Gabriel Davis. Then Isaiah Hodgins got shut down because of his shoulder. And Gabriel Davis took like got his spot. And was there's a good chance that both these guys are really good, is all I'm saying. There's a good chance because going into that first year, as per the media and the coaching staff and what we were hearing, Hodgins was above, was further ahead than Davis. That's that's what we were told. They were both beyond where rookies normally are at camp in that point, and and Hodgins looked better than than Davis, and Hodgins had his year taken away from him because of injury, and it was an injury from college. It wasn't he didn't even get injured in pre in preseason or in like training camp. He was injured coming out of college. I hope you're right. I feel like we're gonna we have another know. receiver. We don't. I no, do. I, I said like I said that. Guy. There's got to be another guy. There's got to be no, like, but. I'm saying it, it's not going to be him is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, I feel like that's where it's going. I, well, they, I signed do. Him, they signed him to a futures contract. So, right. Mm -hmm. And the other guys are going to be getting cut. <laughs> so, I mean, well, they signed like 10 guys, eight guys, yeah, but, but, but not everybody got a futures contract. And like I said, they're going to be walking away more than likely from a guy like Cole Beasley, unless he wants to restructure is, yeah. is probably what I would expect. We'll see. Like I said, I hope, I hope, and I know, I know you have love for him and not, to to say is that reason but i mean like i know also you have love for him so i'm hoping for that sake well, and i, I hope I'm that he's speaking, talented enough to really make a difference i'm speaking objectively but we are talking about recency bias times 10 right now no i didn't think he was gonna make the, i know it was the talk of camp i didn't think he i didn't think he would be same thing i thought about gabriel davis i was completely wrong about davis sure. but i didn't think that those guys were gonna crack the top four receivers at all in so like i still don't in, in 2020 but I didn't if, think it did if Gabriel Davis did, and Hodgins looked, as everybody said, better than Davis, you have to wonder what's there. That's all I'm saying. You have to wonder what's there. I'm not saying he's going to make the roster. I'm saying you've got to wonder. I'm anxious. Well, no, and I'm saying bring him back. Bring yeah. him back for training camp. But I, when it comes down to the 53, I don't see him being on it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. That's for all sure. I'm saying. I just want to see what's there. <clears throat> I, I legit, I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to imagine somebody being better than Gabriel Davis, like, on this team like he's he should have been the number two this year right i mean they, the bills well, it, i mean not, he should have been he should have been but it's tough when you when you bring in emmanuel sanders and you got Diggs, you you kind of in your mind feel like emmanuel sanders is going to be that that guy yeah, yeah. It, it was a mistake <laughs> i don't think it was a mistake the bills made a lot of roster mistakes in my opinion this year so they they, they, they you think they, sanders was a mistake 
I don't think <sighs> outside of the first four games, what did Sanders give you that Gabriel Davis could not have given you? Outside of the first four games, well, I mean, I think that's unfair because those first four games, I think we wouldn't have won a couple of those. That's not true. Outside of the first three games after the Steelers game, because Sanders didn't even have a good game in the Steelers game. I mean, so you're talking about three good games. Three. He had three. We were both there. He had three good games, right? Sanders did, and then it turned. And then at the end of the season, it was all Emmanuel Sanders or all Gabriel Davis, rather. Right, but I mean, I'm still saying I don't, I don't, I just don't. I think Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I mean, he he struck same thing that I said. Availability is the best ability. He struggled sure. with some injuries too. Yes, he uh, did. which is, but I think it's part of the reason why he's retiring. He's older. He, yeah, you know, he, he like for for wide receiver for NFL years, he's he's done it. Yeah, he played so with I a fractured. Think, he know, played with a fractured foot most of the season. People don't know that, but he did. He played with a fractured foot most of the season. So, um, no, I I would have I probably at this point would have preferred to see Gabriel as much as it would have been a huge red flag and a big concern for all of us. I think Gabriel Davis probably would have had a better year. That Emmanuel Sanders had as a Buffalo Bill had he been had he been the number two the declared number but guess two. guess what? He proved that he deserved that, and he became the number two. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. So I don't know. What do you think about? Well, let me ask you this, and and, and then I know we got to get out of here. Um, yeah. In a in a and this is I probably shouldn't ask this because it's a longer question in a way. Um, in a perfect in a perfect world, what do you? It, it, just one thing absolutely needs to happen this offseason whether it be a free agent signing a draft like a it doesn't have to be a specific player but but for you this absolutely has to happen this offseason what would well, that be so it's 2020 all over again so history repeats itself it's backup quarterback because the bills don't have one mm-hmm. <laughs> like so that, that's you know that's more of a that's probably number two but they they've got to have oh for love for the love of god They've got to have a havoc wreaker in the front seven or the front six, whatever they're going to field. And for the love of God, stop rotating guys at 48%. Let Ed Oliver play 68, 70% of the snaps. Let these guys pin their ears back and play football. Like stop with this BS. We're going to spend $50 million or whatever the number is on the defensive line. And we're going to rotate nine guys because keeping them fresh is the thing. And they're going to get hurt and blah, blah, blah. Find me a dude that offensive coordinators have to game plan for because if we don't, if we don't stop that guy, he's going to ruin our day. The Bills don't have that guy, and not only did the Bills not have that guy, if you listen to John Fina talk about the defensive linemen and the way that they rush the passer, they're not even, in his opinion, these are his words. They are not being coached multiple moves and setting up the linemen. They've got one move. They shimmy, and then they charge. That's all they do. They have nothing else than a shimmy and a charge. They've got no unders. They've got no swims. They've got no rolls. They've got nothing. Those are Fina's words. Find me a guy that can that can just wreak havoc on the backfield and on the offensive line. Find me that guy. Find me a Cam Hayward. Find me a Joey Bosa. Find me a... Right, find me somebody, an Ingram. I'm a lot of Ingram. Chandler Jones. I see a lot of Chandler Jones in the. We could have had him in 2020. We could have had Chandler Jones in 2020 and the other dude from Cincy. Like, find me a Havoc Creeker on the defense. Yeah. That's that's the number one thing we need. And obviously a corner, because I can't see them paying $28 million, 10 a year, $10 million a year to Levi Wallace. 
I think they're going to draft one, which is which is good. I, th I think if you can draft one and then and bring in a free agent that's like not a top market guy, but like a secondary level type, you know, I, I think that would be a good look. But for me, if <clears throat> my I really, 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 really want that running back from Atlanta. Right. <laughs> Cordero Patterson, give me Patterson. Yeah, for and sure. I know I understand why the offensive or why the defensive line is that big of a deal. I agree with everybody. I just don't want to say the same thing now because everybody in the comments said that. Yeah. So for the sake of this conversation, um, I think I think an upgrade a to our running back position and to our special teams as far as kickoff and punt return, dude. Give me Cordero Patterson 10 times out of 10. If Diggs has to send him some more wings, Diggs, I will send you the money to order it. Let's get this thing done. Get Cordero to come in here and Dude. do the thing. Because I'm telling you, you get a guy like Cordero. Could you imagine Cordero Patterson and Josh Allen in the backfield? Yeah, I just want you to know, first of all, that I went to Ebenezer Alehouse last night where you and I had lunch the first time. Yeah, it was yeah. 17 bucks for 10 wings. Seven. So before you promise that, you might want to count the cost. $17 for 10 chicken wings. What? Yeah, yeah. The hell? <laughs> 17 bucks. Man, I'm going to take that man to KFC and throw some, <laughs> some dig sauce on it. We'll throw, we'll throw some dig sauce on the KFC wings. That's how it work. But he won't know the difference. He's in Atlanta. He won't know the That's difference. That's hysterical. That's but, hysterical. But no, for me, that 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 would be my dream. And in, in, um, Because I, I do feel like – so. I think we're used to now or before we were used to like, oh, we need a big sign. And we like we need the star. We have our stars. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're already set there. Yeah. I feel like we need we need somebody to come in and, and really plug in whatever the weakness was. And defensively, you're right. Our, our defensive line, we need we need guys that can get pressure on that quarterback. Offensively, Devin picked it up at the end of the year. I want to see yeah. Devin continue that. Yeah. Keep Devin. I'm not yeah. like this is not saying let's move on from Devin. What I'm saying is. Let's also bring in Cordero Patterson, put him back there, who can also play wide receiver. Who he can also like he does. He basically does everything. But we don't get, we get don't, a guy like that. But we don't need guys on the defensive line. We need one guy. One guy will make you bring Jerry Hughes back for six million, whatever it was. See, I don't, years, I don't, I don't Just See, hang I don't with know. me for a second. Hang with Jerry. Jerry Hughes. <laughs> Jerry Hughes was the best he ever was when Mario Williams was on the other side. That's when Jerry Hughes was a freaking monster. He was also 10 years younger. Correct, but he's still got quickness. My point is, is one guy makes every single one. If he's a defensive end, a Havoc Rieger at defensive end, he makes Ed Oliver better. He makes Starr better. He makes Harrison Phillips better. He makes everybody. He makes Tremaine Edmonds better. One guy. Give me one guy. Shaq Lawson's not that guy. I, I like Shaq yeah, Lawson, I mean, but he's not. He, he's not that guy. Shaq is a, he's a, um, He's a rotational piece. He's not to me. He's not the havoc wreaker. Um, but Correct. but nah, Jerry got to go, bro. And I love Jerry. Like to me, he's a he's I'm a speaking, legend at this point. So I feel so bad saying I'm speaking he in hypotheticals. Go. I'm speaking in hypotheticals. I love Jerry. If you, if you need to fill a roster spot with a guy that can, well, I was gonna say can 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 contain the edge, which Jerry has a hard time doing. He doesn't like to contain the edge. But I was just speaking in hypotheticals. Like there, a havoc wreaker on that defensive line makes Jerry Hughes better. I'll be honest with you. This year, I wanted to see Groot and and uh, Boogie Basham and FL Bottom more than I wanted to see Jerry. And Agreed. that won't sound good to people, but that's what I wanted. I wanted no, to see Groot. They agree more. with they agree with you in the comments. I promise you. Okay, um, but the problem but that's, is when, that's when, what you're I roll, to see. when you're rolling guys at forty five percent, forty eight percent of the snaps, you're not seeing anybody. 
Well, I mean, it's that, but then you're also, you got Boogie Basham inactive. He's a healthy scratch for, you know, 14 mm-hmm. games out of the season. When this guy, you when we drafted him, we thought he was more ready than, than Groot. Sure. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like we're like, okay, so Groot is a developmental piece because he took time off. So in a couple of years, he's gonna be the guy that we drafted him to be. But Boogie Basham can play right now. Then Groot thought. comes out, he has everybody like, oh shit, like this dude can play. So, but and then we don't play Boogie because Groot is balling. And we look, man, I'm with you guys. Let's stop with the 45%, 49%, like switching guys out. Let Groot be the first round draft pick that he is. Let's Ed right. Oliver be the first round draft pick that he right. is. Let's let Boogie Basham be the second round draft pick that he is. Like, let's use the guys with talent that we have. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm, yep. so I'm with y'all on that. I just, I'm heavy on the offense right now when I'm saying about that Cordero Patterson. I, I really think I like it. Another one, another one that a lot of people don't like, and I got yelled at a lot for for I guess talking about this. <laughs> I would absolutely 10 billion percent for the right price. I would be okay with Rob Gronkowski being here. I will just say on Twitter, it seems like everybody keeps talking about this thing that happened with Trey White and Gronk. Yeah, I do saw y'all that. not remember that the Buffalo Bills actually were in the like they act they wanted him last yeah, year yeah yeah so if the bills if trey was that pissed off and the bills were that pissed off they would not have tried to offer him money and it would not have happened to the point where he had to actually make a decision between us and tampa bay i would yeah. also take a, a very very strong look at zach Ertz again over sweeney i love sweeney but well, i would sweeney, absolutely look at yeah so i mean i would i would look at zach Ertz or, or gronk to pair with with knox you have god i just i just had a they, moment <laughs> they need two tight ends. So Dawson Knox, I think, is going to – I've said this on a couple of shows. I said it on my overreaction show, and I said it on Pat Moran's Talking Buffalo uh, podcast on Monday, which dropped yesterday, that um, I think that Dawson Knox breaks into that top three. I think he's pushing one of the, the, the Kittle, the Mark Anderson, the Kelsey, and uh, – who am I missing? I'm missing one guy. Whatever. Uh, he's pushing those Water. guys – Darren Waller, he's pushing those guys to be in the top three. Gronk fits. Gronk is a great blocking tight end. That's the part about Gronk's game that people don't realize. As much as it's like, oh, my God, cover that man. He's a blocking machine. Like, the dude can block. We just hate him. We just hate him. But but I tell you what, if if he played for us and he did the same crap for us that he did for Tom Brady, I guarantee you that hate would go out the window real quick. Chris yeah, Jenkins sure. says, uh, "Hey Spence, if we sign Patterson, doesn't mean we don't bring McKenzie back. Does he replace him? I don't think so. Um, what do you think? Because for me, I feel like I'm more so. He's a running him, back. They're gonna play a running back. So bad. Yeah, I, I, he to me he replaced Moss, or not? Maybe not Moss. Like maybe it's the way we had Moss, uh, Singletary, and Breida." He replaces Breeder or something. I don't know. But, no, yeah, yeah. Patterson is one of those guys, like, if you get him, man. And, and I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can. But, dude, I would love it. I would yeah. love it. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> For a second? That can't be true. Calvin Ridley is it's a true. They it's got digs for a first. You're telling me Calvin Ridley is a second? He's younger and probably just as good as Diggs. It's it's true. It, that's it, at least that's what's being reported. Um, Renaissance man says Pitts is probably in that conversation. I don't think Pitts is there yet, but, but that's just because he, he hasn't be. had a quarterback that can he, get him the ball. Yeah, he, but he, he will be. be. He will be for sure. Yeah. I mean, people got to remember that Travis Kelsey's thirty-two or thirty-four. He's he's in his thirties. Young. I mean, he's not yeah. going to be there forever. So, and at some point in time for the Baltimore Ravens, and this is bad for my fantasy football teams because I always draft Mark Anderson, like. Teams are going to realize that if they triple cover that guy, then Lamar Jackson has nobody to throw the football to. So, yeah. 
We didn't even talk about the Super Bowl. Like the Super Bowl is happening in a week and a half, and we didn't even talk about that. Well, even though we're on a break, maybe we can talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you guys know if we're if we're uh, still on a break next week or if we're going to be back. But but no, we had. To, I felt like I did feel like because Joe he this was all me guys. I was I text Joe like like hey man we gotta we gotta do this. This Rooney thing is is way too big of a topic for us to not. This was have a great a conversation show. About. It was. was it was a fantastic show. And I feel blessed because I feel like people respect both of our opinions. And I feel like we both have um, we have we have very unique backgrounds that allow us to have these conversations properly. Yeah. Agreed. So, you know, I don't think that this conversation now is being held on every show. You know, yeah. it's kind yeah. of everybody's talking about. But I don't think everybody is really fit to have these conversations. So I appreciate you, man. You're, you're my brother and I love you. Love and you. same thing with Bruce, man. I just appreciate the guys that I'm connected to who can have these conversations and and you know, have them the right way. That matters a lot to me. Yep. Take us home. Talk us out. Hey, so look, everybody, we might or might not be back next Tuesday, <laughs> next Wednesday with you guys. I will. You know what, though? I will be doing a code of conduct next week because I have uh, a gentleman who is uh, the director of diversity and inclusion. We're going to be talking about all this stuff with the NFL as far as inclusiveness and diversity, you know, diversity. So we're going to be talking about that. I, I'll, I'll give an announcement, but whatever. We're getting out of here from my man, Joe, the voice, the smooth, buttery voice Miller. It's your boy, Jay Spencer King. And y'all know how I do it over here, man. Y'all take care of each other. Y'all love each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative. Go Bills. Go Bills. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.